Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, many places declared today a snow day here in the Denver metro area. Um, we did as well, but as it cleared up during the day, our producer Kevin and I are ready to do the show live. So we are live and taking your calls, 303-690-3000. There is a report that there was 11 and a half inches of snow in Aurora. We had we we had gotten away, uh, and by the way, while I'm talking, give me a call. Let's uh, let's talk about what's on your mind, on your hearts. The way to get on the air is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, to text me, you can use the dedicated text line. It's different, and it's not to call, and you don't leave a message on. It's only texting, okay, 720-336-0897. So we got away yesterday uh, as pastors uh, working on a project that we titled Sure and Steady, Learning and Growing in Pastoral Ministry. And it's a little handbook on tips and insights to be a faithful pastor. It's super practical more than anything, but it deals with your calling. Uh, it deals with your pr the practical side of things and... And it's just really, it's it's not like written as a book where you kind of read it from beginning to end, but it it's, so far we have, I, I think it'll end up being about 45, um, 45 points. And, you know, for example, um, the first one, a personal relationship with Jesus. A pastor has a strong relationship with Jesus. And then we say it's important to have an internal growing relationship with Jesus. Like it's important to be born again, and there's a few past. But you, you. So for a pastor, like you got to be born again. You can't. Uh, obviously, you have to have a real abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we go through and just start talking practically, like being on time, uh, biblical discipleship, inviting yourself into people's lives, uh, be careful doing church business at services. Now that's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, for you guys that are leaders and pastors and elders, um, it's easy to get caught up. Here's what I wrote. It's easy to get caught up in administrative church business during service times, but that's but it's always the people that suffer. In order to avoid neglecting the needs of our flock at our larger gatherings, the people get our full attention. Church business can wait till a more appropriate time. And that what that is is, you know, people are coming and gathering and they need to be served and ministered to and prayed for and then maybe you're taking you go you got to go back and go oh, I got to make copies in the uh, workroom and then you leave and people are on the property and you're you know you you want to um you know you you want to be able to serve uh and take care of the people you don't want to be back in the office during service time uh, 
And that's the point that that's the point that's being made that, and we talk about it. It's like a, uh, conversation starter. So anyway, we spent about five and a half hours yesterday editing, uh, working on this together. And, and then we got word that it was going to snow and we're like, well, you know, let's just wait to see how it goes. Maybe it, it, cause you know, we could, if it's dangerous, we're going to cancel service and, uh, we're not going to encourage people to be out on their own, you know, be out, uh, to come to church. But we, in, ended up not canceling service. And by the time I got out, I, I, I think I left the building about 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. Uh, after an appointment. And uh, it was, you know, light snow. And then you woke up this morning, you're like, oh, man, just dumped all over Denver Metro. Uh, so uh, we canceled, uh, well, we, like many municipalities, closed their offices. But it's much better now. I didn't ask Kevin, but I bet the drive-in was just fine. 303-690-3000. All right. Well, we're going right back to uh, the phone lines. Carlos is in Denver, Colorado. Carlos, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you, Pastor Ed. What's up, man? Um, I'm, at first, I asked for a prayer request just for uh, just to get through the day, I suppose, and just having a little bit of trouble here at work. I would just work with like a lot of older people, a lot of like, um, they're, they're a little racist or they say like a little bigoted mm. things to me, uh, or they just like play it off and they all like joke about it. And it's kind of hard when you're the only Brown one in the room. And, yeah. but I mean, I just <clears throat> had a really good conversation, uh, found out there's a fellow Christian at my job and we were just going on and talking about just, uh, I was more talking through about like my little personal readings through like first Corinthians, but, you know, I, I just really want to get back into church, and on top of that, uh, I got connected with Tucker as well at your for young adults, so I'm really oh, thankful good. for that. But uh, just just a prayer for steadfastness, you know, just to get through it all. <laughs> all right, let's do that, Father. I pray for my friend Carlos as he wrestles and has to battle uh, the the demeaning, uh, difficult behavior of his coworkers. Lord, uh, it's just a very unjust environment and it's wrong. And so I pray you'd establish him and strengthen him. And I'm grateful God that you're, you're reminding him. Somebody even texted me recently, Lord, like that, that time when Elijah was uh, just thinking maybe he was all alone and well, not maybe he was thinking he was all alone and you responded to him and reminded him that he's not alone and that you actually reserve thousands of other loyal believers uh, that still existed. And I know that, in the life surrounding Carlos, he's got these difficult times. And I just pray too, that you just stop their mouths. Like that's like, they would stop. This is, it's not encouraging. It's not funny. It's not right. Um, and I pray that you would stop their mouths, but also God, that you remind and re continue to reveal to Carlos, the people that are around him, bring people to encourage him. Grateful that Tucker is in his life, Lord, and the guys and the young adults and and that there would be real relationships and real strength together, Lord, that you uh, would help him get through this tough time because there'll be more tough times. So you're training him and teaching him um, of what that looks like in his life. It's just, it's hard and it's challenging. And so God, establish him, strengthen him, Lord, and give him wisdom on the decisions he needs to make. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate that. All right. God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, is the number 
and we're taking your calls and your questions. And, you know, it's just, um, it, uh, I remember when I was in the world, um, I lived, I worked in an environment like that and it's not funny. Maybe you're listening in right now and you just have that freedom. Even as believers, like it's, it's actually ugly in the world, but it's really ugly to be racist and make ethnic jokes and make fun of someone. It's just wrong. And it's doubly wrong for believers. And so maybe the Lord just has you listening today so that you can be reminded. Um, one of the, um, one of the first, I, I did so much memorization uh, as a new believer and I memorized this passage in Ephesians uh, because I had such a filthy mouth, uh, I had I, I had such a I, I w- it was bad uh, as an unbeliever. Uh, so as somebody that was born again, like one of the things that God really had to work through, not, he didn't really have to, he did really work through was cleaning up my mind and my mouth. And I memorized this first, so maybe you need to memorize it too. It's Ephesians, uh, I think it's four. Yeah, 429, Ephesians 429, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let no corrupt word, uh, and I've memorized it, so maybe this is an updated version of New King James, but I memorized it as let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Uh, In the New Living Translation, it says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. That would be a great passage just to put on your computer so you don't post a bunch of nonsense, lies, and things on social media. You know, you think, if you think of the things that you see on social media, what people do, the kind of accusations they put out there, the things they say to each other, tearing one another down, that's disobeying this one verse, it's probably disobeying 5,000 verses, but you're letting foul and abusive language, foul and abusive language. I like that. I like the, I like the um, NLT version. Um, uh, the word abusive there is the Greek word sopro, sopros, and it means to rot or to be bad and rotten or putrid. Uh, it speaks of uh, it, it can speak of in the Bible of, of vegetable or animal stuff that 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 um, that got rotten, um, that became rotten. It also speaks of foul, uh, and and this is the only place it's used uh, to refer to words in Ephesians four twenty nine. So maybe that's just a word the Lord wants someone to receive that. All right, we're going to head on to uh, Matt in Denver. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, boss. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Hey, man. Yeah, so I just had a couple questions about, like, sinning and getting closer to God and, like, how all does it work. Now, it was earlier I was listening to the to Grace FM, and I was listening to the guys talk about how, you know, who's going to be happier when they get forgiven? Is it the 100,000 sinner or the 10,000 sinner? And, you know, what makes sins different or like socially acceptable sins like overeating or greed or you know like judgmental people like being very judgmental with politics and stuff like that or and then 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 there's murder and then there's thief and i'm just i'm just like you know you can like how do you worry you know you know you ask for forgiveness 
but then like just like every day like like you know you see someone on the side of the street asking for money you know like is that not being greedy because you don't want to help them out or like maybe you don't have it or like you know you see somebody talking about like my grandfather he's he's a christian but he's very judgmental towards democrats and immigrants and you know because he lives on the border of mexico and texas and you know he's he's like very judgmental about that so does that mean like he's not going to go to heaven because he's judgmental towards those type of things or like like how does all that work like i'm just really confused on that okay well let's ask that let's answer the last question uh the la- let, let's use your grandfather as an example uh how is your grandfather going to get to heaven your grandfather is going to get to heaven the same way you are same way i am and that's by grace, through faith, in repenting of his sins and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, You know, his attitude toward immigrants, his attitude toward the government, toward other people, is something that God is going to work on because it's not God's heart for him to live like that. Like, there's a process of change. And your, your grandfather and people in that same category just haven't come to the place where they love and appreciate God in a way that they can love and appreciate others, especially those that are different than them. Um, the Bible couldn't be clearer. You know, we're not to, to tear one another down. We're not to um, destroy one another. However, that lifestyle is just making him miserable. Um, that lifestyle is making him miserable. It's making people around him miserable. Uh, and if he has a real relationship with Jesus, I guess the question is, can person with a real relationship with Jesus be mean and nasty? Um, the answer is yes. Unfortunately, and the, the reality behind that is that he just lives a miserable life and everyone around him is miserable and he's not walking, I believe, the way you describe him, people like that listening are not walking in the spirit. Um, when you tear down people, make fun of them, bully them, you know, whatever it might be. So I don't know what your grandpa's doing, but when it comes to the other part of your question, the reality of of our daily lives, none of us are without sin, so... Uh, you you are not sinless today. I was not sinless today. We we live in broken, fallen bodies that live in a broken, fallen world, and we fail and sin every day. And the reality is, is that is an indicate. You know, the fact that we recognize that, and the fact that we want to avoid it, and the fact that we don't like it, those are all indications that we have a real relationship with God, and we want to live in a way that we sin less day by day. Uh, and, you know, I think I saw in the call screening uh, that, you know, there's a thought of, well, what's the difference between, um, what's the difference between murder, the sin of murder and the sin of stealing a candy bar? Well, the, there's no difference in the, in the, the, there's no difference between those acts in relationship to sin against a holy and a righteous God. They all cross the line of displeasing God, dishonoring God, and bringing uh, dishonor to his name, the diff- there. Are, although on the other on the other side, there are many differences. One of them is the consequences. Um, you know, murder is a ho- hor- horrendous sin that does great damage to you and to other people. And so, the consequences are going to be greater. Uh, the consequences are going to be more challenging. That, um, but can murder be forgiven? Yes, murder can be forgiven. So can stealing a candy bar. They can be forgiven. But the goal is we don't pick our lives. Nobody should be in Christ. And the Holy Spirit never leads anybody to pick, pick to live a life that says, well, you know, I'll see what I can get away with and how much sin I can do. That that That's like, that's like getting a fever, you know. That's an indication that that person is sick. 
uh, and spiritually sick, and they need uh, to re- reorient and realign their lives in such a way where they can live to please God, not to see what sin they can get away with. Okay. All right. So what if, like, how about, I read, like, your body's a temple, right? You're not supposed to drink or smoke or anything like that. What if, like, I've been shot, right? So I smoke marijuana for the pain rather than use opioids because I know I have a very addictive personality. And I know if I start taking opioids, I'm scared and nervous after, like, everyone else's story getting hooked on heroin and everything like that. You know, so I smoke weed. Is, is, do I have to wake up every morning and ask for forgiveness because I smoke weed and whatnot? Or, like, like how does, like, something like that work and, like, you know? Well, I think that I think that the answer to your question is it could be yes. It, actually, it could very well be yes because the Bible says that we're not to be drunk with wine. We're not to be under the influence of drugs. And I bet, I bet. So the idea behind um, the the whole thought behind the marijuana industry is there is a way to distill from the marijuana plant the properties that will help alleviate pain without getting you high. So you you can, you, because of your pain and your medical condition, uh, I think of others, you know, I think of a six-year-old, I think of a six-year-old that is, uh, has seizure disorder. That six-year-old is not going to be smoking pot, um, right? That six-year-old is yeah. not going to take a joint. Their parents are not going to give that kid a joint so he can deal with his pain or minimize his seizures. There are other alternatives that they can give to their son that does come from this plant that will not get them high. So you have to ask yourself, have I explored all my options with this condition in my life? Have I explored all my options with my doctor to get the pain relief that I need without taking me into an area of smoking weed? Because uh, maybe, um, how how long have you been saved? Uh, Since I was 12. Okay, so you really never had a life where you lived apart from Christ? Like you never had a rebellious party lifestyle? Oh, well, I mean, I have, but... Okay. Like, I'm I'm constantly asking for forgiveness and for him to come in my life because, like, I'm... I'm, constantly feeling like I'm failing. For sure. Okay, so, no, but this is my this is my point because I want to help you with this. Like, that, that's good. My point, you know, when you and I were partying, because I do too, I have a past that way, and I was involved in that kind of behavior, like, I wanted to be high. That's why I smoked. I wanted to be out of my mind. I wanted to enjoy the night. I wanted to party. So now as a believer, I don't have that same desire. Now, you came to a place in your life where you have a challenge. You have a medical pain pain uh, control challenge and right now you're doing exactly what you probably did when you were partying you're smoking pot uh, and it does have an effect and I'm certain that you do like the you like not only the pain benefits the pain relief benefits but you probably like the way it makes you feel and be out of it as well um, however it yeah. makes you feel I, I don't know but so if you're in in that this is the key and this is what I want you to pray about this is what I want you to really think about because I think this is the root of your question and answer if you really are asking for forgiveness of your sin, repentance at the same time is looking for a way to forsake that sin. You want to get rid of it out of your life. You don't want to, the pattern of, well, I think I'm doing something wrong. and I Because it's already on your mind. Whether it's wrong or not, it could even be against your conscience. Like Whether it's sinful or not in this context, you're still feeling uneasy about it. 
a real relationship with God, like a real relationship with God when you ask for forgiveness, at the same time, you're also looking for ways to forsake that behavior so you can stop asking for forgiveness. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you and I were friends and we were hanging out, we went downtown and we got some tacos and then we're in line, we got tacos, we sit down and we're, we're at that little table and I slap you in the face and you go, well, dude, man, what's your problem? And I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have slapped you in the face. Uh, let me go back to my tacos. And then two minutes later, you're looking down, you're having a drink and I slap you, I slap you, I mean, really hard. Like I just go, bam, and the whole room hears it. And you're like, dude, what, Ed, what's your problem, dude? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I, and then two minutes later, I slap you again. And you get the point, right? So like 10 times I slap you and 10 times I ask for forgiveness. Do you think I'm really asking? Is, is that really asking for, am I really wanting you to forgive me for slapping you? Do you think that's my motive? No. No, I want to hit you in the head. Like it's, I'm being mean to you. It would be wrong because what would, what, what real forgiveness and, and what real repentance and what real relationship is, is not only would I see how I hurt you, but I would stop it. Okay. And that's how we have to handle sin. So when you, you know, I, I'd say, I, I think it would be okay for you to call your doctor uh, with this particular, you know, however you're, you may not even have prescription for it because it's legal, but call your doctor and explore options to see how you okay. can manage the pain without putting you in, you know, smoking pot because smoking pot is not merely a pain reliever. It's, it, it also has a lot of other, it has a lot of other consequences with it. And it's obviously troubling you. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friend. I know that uh, it's a real place he is in his life right now. And um, and even a real issue with pain and pain management. And, and, and yeah, the danger of op opioids and what it's done to people. So I pray, God, that you give Matt wisdom on how to proceed going forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, All right, brother. Bro. I really appreciate it, man. I've been, See you, man. I, this has been eating me up for like days. Like, just trying to figure out what's going on. And then, you know, the other day I, you know, found you guys. I'm a truck driver. And right on. I was like, I'm going to call them tomorrow and I'm going I'm to see what they got to say. And you know, it, it helps. So I appreciate it. Well, you know, call back in a couple weeks and let's see. Let's take this discussion to the next level and see what happened. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Okay, man. See you. Bye bye. All right. Let's go to Aurora, Colorado. Phil is on the line. Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, Pastor Ed. Um, hey. I had, I had a question um, about, um, so my wife and I, and we have two boys, and we haven't been in in-person church uh, since in like a year since COVID, uh, because of COVID. Um, and, uh, and I've been, I guess my main, my main question is, you know, do I uh, live sacrificially towards my wife? She's got, she's got anxiety. She had anxiety about illness before COVID and now it's heightened with this. So I had to live yes. sacrificially and kind of do what she's wanting to do and be at home and do the online or do I try to be <clears throat> more of the leader and say, um, you know, Hey, I think we need to go back. And I've been saying that kind of every week, you know, Hey, I right. think we should go back. But also the other one more complicated thing in there is that uh, my son who's seven now he had, respiratory issues when he was two i think he's kind of grown out of a lot of it but good he could be possibly at risk you know and so it's kind of just a whole big jumble yeah no that's it's it is it's been such a 
such a frustrating year and very, very challenging because my answer to you is both. You know, it's both. It's, I, I think God would have you to continue to grow in leadership and helping lead lovingly your family uh, into away from fear. Um, because I do believe COVID's real. Uh, I do believe I just got a uh, an update. As a matter of fact, I just got an update through the text line that we prayed for Jerry uh, last week, and uh, because of COVID complications, he was in the hospital, and it triggered all kinds of other things in his body. And he was in the hospital. He's home now, and he's on oxygen. He's doing great. Uh, he's an older, older guy. He was a part of our church for many years. He's he's at another church up north now, but. But so it's real, and we've had uh, family members lost in our church, and um, it may not be as hyped up and and as wild as the government's making it out to be, but it is real. Um, and so there is a real. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to call it fear, uh, but there is a real concern uh, with COVID. And even as a church, we've taken precautions ourselves. You know, we clean and we have reasonable. We have some distancing. We require um, face coverings on the property and. And we do what we can to provide an environment at our church, and I know many other churches are too, to minimize the risks, but at the same time, know that we, even though you guys have made a decision in your family to stay medically safe, you guys have been spiritually uh, famished, and I think you're starting to feel it. Um, And whether your wife feels it or not, she has too. There is, God created us to come together. Um, and it's okay if we miss it now and then, you know, it's okay if, if, uh, we miss church now and then, and we're not together, but, um, we're not to forsake it. And it sounds like you guys may have crossed a line of forsaking. So I would ask this question. I would ask you this question. Do you go to work outside of the home? Yes. Do you go to King Supers or Safeway? Yeah. We go to the grocery store and we do pick up orders some, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I I'm thinking in the last year you guys have been in someone else's house, maybe. Yeah. And and, and so there, it may not be, um, all you know, because I don't know. It's we got to be careful. You want to love your wife. I I, I can't help. I, it, if she would call, we could talk through it because, like, I want to honor the 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 real concern she has, but I also want to help her maybe even pray through any irrational fear. And I don't know what that line is in your life, in your wife's life, because anxiety is true. But the Bible tells us that I can, I can, you know, when I get anxious and worried, that's I have a similar, I have a personality like that. Like if I'm anxious and worried, the Bible tells me that I'm to take that to the Lord, and He'll comfort me, and He'll give me a peace, and I'll be able to operate in life. And I just think COVID has created this irrational fear with something that is real. I mean, I'm, it is real, and we have taken it very seriously in our church. But I mean, if we can go, and I've been telling our church, um, you know, if you can go to Safeway, you can go to church. Um, you know, you, 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 we, and if we can, because it's, you know, at Safeway, I know we might say, well, you're not sitting in the same room with them or whatever, but man, you're also touching all the fruit that they touched and all the packages. No, Safeway is not cleaning everything. Um, and, and so, I think the answer is both. I know it doesn't really help you much because I, I don't know your wife personally, but if it was my wife, I would just gently honor her, love her, I'd respect her, but I'd also ask her to meet in the middle because it's. I would ask her, but honey, it's good for us. Honey, it is, um, it is um, like it, God will protect us. And of course, I don't want my son to get hurt. So maybe my son sits with me and 
um, with a face covering. Like, we're going to do what we can to mitigate this, but the, we're not going to give COVID power over our lives or something along those lines. Um, and I'm sorry, man. This is a hard... You're not the only one that's going through these. It's been so stinking challenging. Yeah, and I guess my, my rationale as well, if the worst was to happen and they, they were to die of COVID, you know, I mean, I want them to know Jesus, obviously, and I'm doing the best I can at home, but it's just... You know, trying to do a devotional tonight and and some Sunday school on Sunday, but it's just not the same, and it's just. Well, let me you know. let me tell you something. I'm gonna. I don't want to. I, I hear the music. I don't want to end this conversation. So I'm gonna put you on hold, and then we'll pick it up at, on the other end of the break. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be right back. You hear the music. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. This is the second half. If you're just joining us, I know here in Colorado, at least, there may be less people out and about because of the snow and things being closed today. But maybe you're listening from home or listening online, we're grateful that you are joining us. A shout out, of course, to everyone that's in jail or in prison. I know this becomes a big part of your day, and you guys are not forgotten. Uh, we're grateful that we, although you can't get a lot of visitors uh, these days because of COVID, uh, the radio goes right into your right into your cells, right past the walls, right into your heart, and uh, we are blessed to be able to provide that to you. So. Don't uh, lose hope and grow weary as you face the consequences of your decisions and the Lord teaches you not to go there again. So welcome welcome back, everyone, to the second half. We had a call that I think is super relevant uh, to many, many listeners, uh, and that is a question about COVID, marriage, coming back to church. Um, and Phil is here in Aurora, and Phil, welcome back. So I, I think you're feeling it. For those that you just came back, uh, Phil is feeling it in his marriage and in his family because for a year now, they haven't been in person worship. And they, of course, in the beginning of all this with, with, our, with our response uh, to COVID, like all, most churches, we, we closed and we went online and, and then we opened. Um, we've been taking our lead to the, by the Holy Spirit and we opened... Uh, and have remained open and expect to stay open uh, through this whole thing. But COVID has, you know, created a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Some of it's very real, uh, and some of it is irrational. You know, there's a there's a big difference between being concerned about getting sick or being concerned about my son, you know, who has, or excuse me, Phil's son, who has some complications and respiratory things. Uh, it would not be good for him to get COVID. Um, obviously it's, um, but then there's, then that, that can be taken. Well, you know, we'll be, we'll just lock ourselves in the house and we'll never leave. Well, we know for this family, and I'm just recapping everybody. We know for this family in particular, they're not locking themselves in their house. They're going to work. They are going to, um, to, uh, stores. They're having, uh, time with other people outside of their home and probably inside their home. So it, now the question becomes, uh, why, why are we, why would we 
gather together with other people, go to a restaurant, go to market, go to Walmart, whatever we're doing, but not, but then when it comes to being in church and in-person gathering, why would we avoid that for 90 minutes a week? And, and so Phil, you asked, you know, what should you do? Should I love or lead? And I, and I answered, uh, both, right? We should love and lead and be very careful honoring my wife. But did you have any follow-up, any thoughts? Um, no, I mean, I just, I just really want my sons to get, you know, spiritual development and, and I've been trying to, um, do some, some of the Sunday school things and do some devotionals at night and, and those kind of things. But I just, I don't want them to, to miss out. And, and I, I, you know, their spiritual development is, is more important and whatever happens with COVID or, you know, it's, I just have to, you know, trust the Lord and that's kind of my, where I'm coming from. So, but, um, well, I, when it comes to your kids, you know, God's going to take care of your kids. God, this season, even as you know, what what did you say? One's two, and the other one is what? Oh uh, no, they're, they're uh, four and seven. The four and seven. Old had issues when he was two. The respiratory issues, respiratory. okay. Yeah, I, they're going to be okay. What you're doing is good. God's going to use your discipleship and your Sunday school stuff with your kids. Um, you know, the it's going to be okay. Um, but I do think you're starting to feel, even though it's going to be okay, there is a better way. God has designed a better way, and that's to be in community with other believers, and you're already feeling it, and it would be so healthy for you and your family. However, at the same time, you're you're wanting to be a loving leader in your home, and you're wanting to help your wife come to that conviction that possibly she's crossed over into very irrational fears. And obviously we don't want anything to happen to your kids. Um, and, and yet at the same time, we know that many and most of the COVID infections lead to just a sickness and then you get well. And so we take a chance. I think the flip side of that is that there's risk in every part of our lives. Uh, none of us are guaranteed life. Um, there's a risk when we're driving. Uh, there's a risk when we're flying. and has nothing to do with covid um, there's a risk uh, with bacteria on the apple that you bought at Safeway. Like there, there's risk in everything that we do. And and I'm telling you, man, the way the governments handle this, the way that people, they have hyped this up to really make people fearful. And I'm sorry for your wife. Um, I'm very sorry she's captivated by this because it it just makes me mad. I sent I I saw a picture today and I sent it off to our to our administrator of our school um, and our, you know, our principal and vice principal. And maybe you saw it on Twitter today. It was a picture of kids doing band practice in individual tents. Did you happen to see that? Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't see it. It it was, it was the saddest, most, I mean, and my, my conclusion was, is we as adults are failing our kids. They, so each so it's a room and they got these individual tents where they're sitting in their tent with a with their band instrument and they're in the room spread out through the room in tents like not the kind that restaurants like individual tents like they're right on them uh, and you should have seen the one with the the guy with the with the kid with the tuba and and we're just it's it's just crossed the line in so many ways and and the hard part is is it does have there is some reality to it. Um, there is real fear for your kid. I get that. Um, but you and your wife have to decide together, when have we crossed the line, honey? 
And it sounds like your wife just needs more comfort and encouragement and a re like her husband, not necessarily to lead her and say, we're going to do this, but rather more to love her and reason with her, like the Holy Spirit bringing her say, okay, honey, you're right. Let's go. Cause that's what you want. I mean, you could say we're going to go, but that's going to probably cause more problems. Um, and even if you say, you know, honey, I want to go by myself. I want to go. We need to be in church. Like somewhere along those lines where you find compromise so that you can obey God, but also honor the concerns of your wife. Yeah, I had, so I had this one idea. My, my father-in-law actually is a re- retired pastor, and, uh, and I had this in my, um, his wife, and then my brother-in-law is living with him also. And I had this idea, well, maybe I could do like a mini church if we could so watch a live stream sure. all together. But I don't know if that would be like, enabling or you know her to just stay in that little i don't want to go back to that to the, no the, i you know. i think that you you don't really have much ability to change your wife's heart and you don't have the ability even if you commanded her to do something it's not going to end well um, that's not real leadership anyway real leadership is cooperative real leadership is what you're trying to accomplish right now like just the idea that you've come up with and say i just I just want my family and fellowship and my wife right now with this mixture of real and unreal uh, fears. I, th- I think you're on the right track. It's just a, it just, it, it makes my heart sink a little bit because this is common. You're not alone. I've been seeing more and more of this and, and it could tap into all kinds of things, um, all kinds of, and it just, it just bums me out because um, while COVID is real, um, it's not what the government and the media has hyped it up to be. Yeah, could you could you pray for me? This would be a loving leader. I can. You bet. Father, I pray for my brother Phil. I know his, his desire and heart is to honor you and also to lead his home well and to have his kids know you personally, to have interaction with other kiddos and, and to be in the environment where there is a fellowship. You know, even kids can fellowship. I always love to see the kids running around the church after service and enjoying one another and and being kids and so I pray for Phil that you would lead him and guide him and continue to help him with his wife and I pray for her God that uh, whatever's real God you'd minister to that and whatever's irrational or maybe even sinful that you would bring conviction in her heart so that she would long for that her desire to worship you would be greater than her fear and I know that this is not the only um you know, it's not the only example. And so I pray for what this has done to the psyche of people and the psyche of our kids. And I also pray for their protection health-wise. I don't want any, I don't want this, this kiddo to get sick. I don't want his respiratory issues to be inflamed. Uh, but I also don't want him to learn how to live in fear the rest of his life. And so I pray you bless him, Lord, and uh, lead my buddy Phil on how it help. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, buddy. God bless you, man. Bye bye. Man, I'm I. I just, I just so. I know we could take the easy way out, right? Some of you might even be frustrated with me, and you're yelling at your radio. Just tell them to go to church. Just tell. Them. It, it's not that. It's it's actually not that easy. Um, it's not that. In first of all, you know that that's a bad attitude to have, but it's not that easy. You you got to just think about this brother and many others in their home. And how hard it is. 
and how challenging. I know what the Bible says. I, I know what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. I teach what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as is in the manner of some. And certainly this whole COVID thing is going to cross that line. And and yes, um, this could be, I don't know, because I, I haven't talked to her. So I don't know. I haven't listened to her. You know, we don't want to make up our mind about someone we haven't talked to. But let's just assume that she has crossed, this this wife has crossed the line. Let's just assume that. Well, me demanding from her uh, and making her and berating her is not going to get her back in church. And she's not even going to listen to me. If she can't, if, if Phil and his wife is a part of our fellowship, I, I've lost all, all credibility to teach the gospel to her. Yeah, but Ed, you want to tell the truth and speak the truth. Hey, bro, I'll speak the truth. Don't worry about that. Um, but I want to speak the truth where it will be received. Jesus was the master at this, wasn't he? He was the master at this. Remember when they brought the woman that was caught in the midst of the adultery and thrust her in her embarrassment and in her shame and in her exposed body right right in his presence? Remember that? And how Jesus handled that so carefully, so kindly. And it was the people that were, it was the religious rulers that were all hyped up on it that he was strong with. He wasn't, he wasn't real negative with her. He knew she was in sin. She knew she was in sin. But his loving, tender touch led her, like he said, go and sin no more. Where are your accusers? And I think with social media and politics and everything, believers are just hyping up too much, man. Stop it. Stop it. Like, like the brother said, my grandpa hates immigrants. and the Like, stop it. Like believers being known as, and, and again, I don't know the man, but maybe it's you. Believers known for their hatred of, of immigrants. Stop it. That's not from the Lord. That's not from the Lord at all. And whatever opinion a person might have on, on a country's immigration policies or, or politics, that's one thing. But these are people. They just want a better life in their, their current circumstance. And sure, they can do it a legal way. They can do it an illegal way. But... Well, let the Lord sort that out. Let the Lord sort that out in their lives. And how about we just see them, men and women, boys and girls from any country, any language, any tribe, any tongue. We just see them as people to reach and minister to and not let the government give us the narrative politically on how to view things because the government is going to come and go. This administration, last administration, the next administration isn't going to be in heaven. It's not currently in heaven. It's not like... like I was telling the church not too long ago, like we give too much credit to human government. Um, the Lord is sovereign. If we really believe what we teach, that the Lord is sovereign, then we will live for another kingdom first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then we'll be effective here on the earth. So I'm glad that we had that discussion on the air. This is a conversation I have very often with many people, and it's very nuanced. And I hope the Lord is teaching you to be very nuanced in how you serve others. 303 uh, Renata in Aurora, welcome to the program. Renata, are you with us? All right, I'm going to pray for her because we went off into other uh, conversations. She wants, she's single and she just wants to be prayed for someone to come into her life. So we pray for Renata, Lord, that you would bring the right person into her life in the right timing. I know a lot of singles uh, right now in my mind that I can pray the same thing for, that you would give them patience and contentment as they wait 
And it is a very frustrating place to wait, especially as Renata says, there's no prospects. And so it's very challenging, Lord. And uh, it, it is, brings a lot of hardship personally and emotionally and mentally. So I pray, God, for those that are single. I pray for Tucker, and I also pray for Damon in our church who lead many singles in our congregation, that you would help them and give them wisdom on how to serve and love them and encourage them. And that while they wait for the while the singles wait for the perfect mate, that relationships and friendships would be added into their life. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. All right, Jeremy in Platteville. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, my question is: I have a friend who it's honestly kind of a miracle he even messaged me, but. I've just been trying to, you know, he's not a believer, and he's, um, I've been really trying to talk to him, and he finally, you know, I've been praying for him, and he reached out to me, and he asked if we could do a Bible study, and just knowing this guy, it's a miracle how he even asked, um, <laughs> okay. so I'm going to do something with him, and I just yes. want to know some advice, or maybe if if there's a resource that could, like, give me a thing to follow, just the basics of Christianity, or, just, yeah, just what do you have to say Absolutely. about that? So email me. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is email me, ed at edtaylor.org. So that's E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot O-R-G. It has to be dot org. Okay. And I will return that email with a couple links where you can download, print out for things you can do together. Okay. Uh, one, one of the links is going to say discipleship resource, and that's the one I suggest you go over with him. And it's very simple. Very easy. It will get him, you know, get him a Bible, right? If he doesn't have a Bible already. Oh, um, yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, so get him a Bible. And, and oh, I mean, ha- this will get him to open the Bible that he has. And you'll just yeah. be looking up scriptures. And, and it's very simple. It'll take You could take as little as 10 or 15 minutes to do it. Or you could your discussion could be longer. So, But it's very powerful. Don't underestimate what 10 or 15 minutes can do. And And then my advice is... Treat him like a new believer. Treat him. Don't don't take into consideration. Well, he doesn't like God, and it's surprising. Let's just do it like you and I were doing it. And if you and I were doing it, I would just treat you like a believer. And I talk to you like a believer. I would talk like I would to anyone. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be hesitant. I would just no. This is what the Bible says. This is what. And then I would talk to him like a believer. And then I would also be sensitive along the way at, at various points. I wouldn't make it like every day because. He's going to know by the first time, uh, by the yeah. first day, the love of God for his life. But I would be sensitive and go, well, what do you think, bro? Is today the day? What do you mean today the day? I mean, look at how much we've learned. And you kind of recap. We learned this, this, and this. And are you ready to surrender to God? And are you ready to repent of your sin? Yeah, just And just treat him normally. Like let him, God's brought him into your life. And you'll see when you print this out, you know, you'll see just how wonderful it is. You're going to be taking him through of who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. You're going to take him through lessons on what spiritual warfare is. Like, And you're like, man, he's not going to understand any of it. You're right. He's really not going to understand any of it because he's not saved yet. But the Holy Spirit's getting him in the Word. He's got a friend talking to him. And the thing that he's going to feel every time you guys get together, he, what he's going to feel is, man, I'm not, I'm not right with God. I'm not, he may never say it, but he's going to feel it inside. Something's there's a distance between me and God. Distance, you know that, and and you're going to be there to help him see who God is, reveal who God is, 
And then you might just be the guy that closes the deal. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this, that's kind of a mistake I even made talking with him a little bit. I mean, he, he really knows absolutely nothing. Um, and yep. I kind of assumed everyone knew just a little bit, but I was like, oh, wow, I really just got to be careful with him. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so let me, I'm going to click. I haven't looked at it in a little while, but I'm going to find that. I'm going to click it and see what the first page says of the discipleship packet. So here it is. And it's, it is uh, biblical principles for a strong foundation in what it's called. And here on page one, so here's where the first lesson is who is Jesus? The second lesson is how to have an abundant life in Jesus. Third lesson is the fatherhood of God. The fourth lesson is the Holy Spirit. Uh, fifth lesson is spiritual growth, spiritual warfare, and even end times. And so the very first line says, uh, who is Jesus Christ? If you could roll back the heavens like a scroll, what do you think you would see? The Bible teaches there are actually three heavens. Like You're, you're going to be talking stuff. Um, it's going to be really cool because you guys are going to be talking about things that both he doesn't know, but that... You're gonna so they have you look up scriptures. So it says turn to Colossians one, and you're gonna teach them how to find Colossians, um, and teach them it's okay if you use the table of contents. It's okay. Like, and as you go through this, you're just gonna be encourage them along the way uh, as a friend. And most of the teaching is gonna come from God. Yeah. Do you think I should um, go through it with him um, and him write it down, or should we just talk on the questions, or maybe just see how it fits with him? I think you should send it to him, get it in his hands, ask him to print it out, or you, you know, depending on how close you guys, you might be able to print out two of them. And I think you should do it together. And I just, I, at the very least, getting it into his hands, it's just always going to be there. And maybe you, you, what you guys do blows up and it doesn't end up going well and he gets mad and, and you're like, oh man, I had my chance. No, no. The Bible says that some people plant seeds, other people water, but God gives the increase. And, I, and putting it in his hands, you know, it's just going to sit there. It might pop up on an old email. It might be on a text and it's just going to be there. And you never know when the Holy Spirit might prompt him later on if something goes wrong. So I'd give it to him and I'd do it together. And then I, I do both. I talk and, and do it together. Okay. Great. So, fantastic. Let's pray for him and you and see how God uses us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, Father, I do pray for this opportunity to, to go over new believer material with an unbeliever. It's pretty exciting. And, and not only that, but there's a, a, a trust already built in in friendship, uh, which is pretty cool. And so I pray, God, that you would lead in this conversation, uh, that it would uh, be a blessing and an encouragement, uh, that it would uh, it would lead to this brother's salvation. That's what I pray. I pray that there would be salvation through this relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Ed. I'll keep you updated. I'll call back if there's anything that happens. Okay, great. And you have my email, too, so you can email me. Yes, I will. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. All right, bye. Bye, bye. Yeah, what an exciting thing, man! And God's doing. You know, we. It's great the back-to-back calls like this, right? Because God's doing a great thing. There's COVID is, you know, really done so much damage and difficulty, and at the same time, God's opening radical doors, 
And that's what we want to be a part of. We, we want to be sensitive to the people. You know, we want to be sensitive to COVID and uh, we want to go through the radical doors. Um, and I want to train you to do the same thing, that you would be sensitive to the people around you, whatever your con- whatever the context and culture is of your life, but that at this, at, but also you would um, walk through these doors, man, run through them. We're, we're coming up here at Calvary, uh, something we call March for Missions, where we spend a month emphasizing our missionaries. I mean, we, we do, I believe we do a great job supporting and encouraging our missionaries, but we take the month of March and just, man, overboard, overboard. And we have updates, we have videos, we, we can't do these mission trips this year, so Pastor JJ, our missions pastor, he has come up with an idea with Katie and other people to um, do virtual trips, virtual encouragement, stirring up our church. I'm putting together a very special Bible study for this weekend to remind us of our mission mandate, to remind us of, and it's not just around the world. Um, we just got off the phone with Jeremy, who's he's a missionary to his friend. Like that, this is this is amazing. I'm so excited what God's going to do and how He wants to use us and 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 so we're excited. We want we want to stir you up as a church. That's why Grace FM exists. That's why Hope FM exists. Trust F, Truth FM, Refuge FM. Like we exist to stir you up in love and good works. You know that's what the Bible says. We want you to get engaged uh, with the with the Spirit of God that He could lead you and use you and. And you'll be blown away of what God will do through your life. It's not by might. It's not by my power, but it's by the Spirit of God. It's not by your might or your power, but it's by His Spirit, saith the Lord. And get involved. Like we let, I think if anything that COVID, anything that COVID has done, it's taught us that, man, church is way more than the building, right? It's way more. It doesn't mean that a building, a gathering together is not important, but it's so much more. And we've been teaching that for, I've been here 21 years. I've been teaching that. And then this year we've been living it. Uh, and it's exciting. You come in to go out. Um, and we have, we are committed in our church that we'll do anything short of sin to reach the lost. And when we reach the lost, we're going to do anything short of sin to disciple them. And we teach the Bible verse by verse. That's what we do. I know it sounds simple. You know, it sounds simple, but it is simple. God uses the Word of God. The, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God through the people of God to change lives. Straight up. That's what he does. So let me repeat that for you. You might want to write it down. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God through the people of God to do amazing, radical, crazy things on the earth to save souls. And that's just the world that we're in right now. And COVID's got us back on our heels. I mean, real fears, irrational fears, government overreach. You know, pastors are all distracted. They're just, this whole thing has got so many pastors off their game. And they are distracted. Pray for pastors, please. Please pray for your pastor that he doesn't get get distracted in politics. He doesn't get distracted in saving a nation. He doesn't get distracted in fighting the government. He doesn't get distracted. Um, well, while all of those things can have a place if we inform our congregation uh, where we can obey God and not man, like all of those things are not bad in and of themselves. But if they take the place of the gospel, you know, Jesus didn't come to save countries. He saved. He came to save souls. And I just pray for pastors. You know, I'm not living their life. I got my own problems. Pray for me. Uh, my own temptations, the own things that could, 
you know, the, the things that I have to deal with that, that I need to take before the Lord. Uh, so I don't want to be distracted either. Um, you know, I've got things that could, I, I got things in my life, uh, personal, I got personal things that could e- very easily take my eyes off of Jesus, make me mad, upset, sad, or whatever. Um, again, I was texting someone today that, you know, it's sad to look back at years of people that were here at this church and now they're not walking with the Lord or they're in the flesh or they're just doing nasty, mean things. And, and I, and I said, it's true. That's true. It is sad. And, but as we get older, you know, things get more bittersweet. Um, and there's just a bitterness to people walking against, uh, (laughs) I guess in a very real way, there's just a bitterness with bitter people. Right. But I choose to focus on the sweet. I choose to vote Jesus. He, when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. And so pray for your pastors. Would you, you know, pray that we wouldn't get our eyes off the Lord. Pray that we would stay focused to the call and the cause of Christ. You know, pray that for the hurting pastors, pray for those that feel like orphans. I was talking to a brother recently. He just feels like an orphan and he's deeply hurt. There are deeply wounded pastors right now. Please, please, I beg you. Pray for your pastor, support them, love them, serve them because they love you and serve you. We're not perfect humans. We're flawed. We make mistakes. But please, please, please support your pastors, would you? Come to church this weekend. We're all open. No more RSVP. So just show up Saturday night at 6 o'clock. There is RSVP for kids, but not for adults. Just show up. We'd love to have you there. God bless you. Calvaryco.church. That's all the information. Calvary Church in Aurora. Shout out Hope and Truth FM Refuge. Love you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.